And now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the Common English Bible. Our first reading for today comes from Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. They marched from Mount Hor on the Red Sea, road around the land of Edom. The people became impatient on the road. The people spoke against God and Moses. Why did you bring us up from Egypt to kill us in the desert where there is no food or water? And we detest this miserable bread. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and they bit the people. Many of the Israelites died. The people went to Moses and said, We've sinned, for we spoke against the Lord, and you pray to the Lord so that he will send the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous snake and place it on a pole. Whoever is bitten can look at it and live. Moses made a bronze snake and placed it on a pole. If a snake bit someone, that person could look at the bronze snake and live. Our next reading for today comes from 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. Hezekiah. Ahaz's son became king of Judah in the third year of Israel's king Hoshea, Elah's son. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he ruled 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abby. She was Zechariah's daughter. Hezekiah did what was right in the Lord's eyes, just as his ancestor David had done. He removed the shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the sacred pole. He crushed the bronze snake that Moses made, because up to that point the Israelites had been burning incense to it. The snake was named Nehushtan. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, Israel's God. There was no one like him among all of Judah's kings, not before him and not after him. He clung to the Lord and never deviated from him. He kept the commandments that the Lord had commanded Moses. Our final reading for today comes from Matthew, chapter 18, verses 6 through 9. As for whoever causes these little ones who believe in me to trip and fall into sin, it would be better for them to have a huge stone hung around their necks and be drowned in the bottom of the lake. How terrible it is for the world because of the things that cause people to trip and fall into sin. Such things have to happen, but how terrible it is for the person who causes those things to happen. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, chop it off and throw it away. It's better to enter into life crippled or lame than to be thrown into the eternal fire with two hands or two feet. If your eye causes you to fall into sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better to enter into life with one eye than to be cast into a burning hell with two eyes. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever stumbled into a thought when you were looking at something completely different? That happened to me this week as I was preparing this sermon. Our readings today were chosen from a cascading thought train. I actually started with Hezekiah, which then led me to the origins of the serpent on a pole in Numbers, which then led to Matthew. 
Now, you can apply this to some national issues we have had, but my goal is a little more personal today. So we begin with a review of our readings. We begin in Numbers, and while the Israelites are in the wilderness, they've once again begun to complain. Now there are snakes biting and killing people. They say they've sinned, and they turn to Moses for help. God instructs Moses to make a bronze snake and put it on a pole. If they look at it, after they've been bitten, they'll be saved. We start here because it's the origin of the bronze snake that we find in our reading from 2 Kings. The serpent was a good thing. Moses made it to save the Israelites. However, when we get to the reign of King Hezekiah, things have changed. Hezekiah sees all of these things that have gone wrong. He tries to do right by God. He removes the shrines, smashes sacred pillars, cuts down sacred poles as part of a great cleansing of Israel of all things they are worshiping instead of God. Then we get to one that seems a little shocking after reading Numbers. He crushed the bronze snake that Moses had made. Because the Israelites had begun to burn incense to the bronze snake. What I find fascinating is that this bronze serpent, this snake on a stick that was used by Moses to save the Israelites, was now causing them to fall away from God. Which led me to Matthew, where we read about tripping and falling into sin that it would be better to have a huge stone hung around your neck and be drowned than to cause one of the little ones to fall into sin. Just to make the point, Jesus gets into a bit of hyperbole. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, get rid of it. I causing you to sin, get rid of it. You're better off maimed than to lose sight of God. You're better off without than causing others to lose faith and causing others to sin. Now, there are big national issues that I could focus in on, and you are free to apply them. But this actually led me down a path that ended up on a more personal reflection. That something that was once Good doesn't always stay good. Something that was once salvation might end up being a stumbling block. Something that was once seen as something to be admired can eventually become one's downfall. As I thought about this on a personal level, I started to think about all the ways that we encounter this in our own lives. We can be blinded by thinking that because something in our life was once right and good, We cannot think of it as somehow being wrong. And we get so hung up on these things that we think are truth, that we don't allow new information in. We don't allow our minds to be changed, even when that idea has become warped and distorted. I started thinking about that bronze serpent. By the time Hezekiah becomes king, people have seemed to transform their view of that bronze snake It was no longer a tool Moses used to turn people to God. It began to be worshipped as a god. And that is when the problems began. 
That bronze serpent did not change. It never stopped being the pole Moses held up. But it started to mean something different. And I started to think about all the things we hold on to that eventually change shape and change form in our minds, but we hold so dearly to the original idea that we become blind to any changes that might have taken place around us. It happens with language. Words can take on a new meaning. A phrase that might have been acceptable as we grew up now brings others harm. Maybe the harm was always there and we didn't know it, but society changes, terms change and fall out of favor, new meanings come around, and sometimes old meanings we didn't know or discovered. But it highlights a conflict we can have. Just as language changes, society changes. And when we are a people rooted in tradition that goes back a long way with texts that go back even further, sometimes we can be blinded to the now. When we think about what Jesus said about the here and now to the disciples, it was that if something is adversely impacting someone, don't do it. Because it isn't about you at that point, it is about how you are treating others. We hear the same thing from Paul in Romans when he talks about not eating things that will cause others to lose faith. Even if they mean nothing to you. Because even if your own internal dialogue finds nothing wrong, if it hurts others, it hurts others. Our internal feelings only carry so far. The problem is, is that if our actions or our words or our things cause pain to others, we have to decide what is more important, our personal feelings or the way we hurt others. I can think of plenty of examples. Smoking around someone who has decided to quit smoking. Smoking itself used to be seen as cool, advertised with cartoons, and almost everywhere. And we know better now. And we don't see those images. And we don't offer a cigarette to someone that struggled with quitting just because it means nothing to us. We recognize their struggle. Would you sit around pouring a drink for someone who struggled to quit drinking? Just because it has never been your problem? No. Because it would hurt. But it happens more often than we like to think because we often don't know the struggles of others. But if people do make it known and we ignore it, that is now no longer on them, but it is on us because we are now the stumbling block. I thought about this because there are so many things that can impact us in that way. We might make an offhanded comment and not think about the hurt or trauma that it might bring up in someone else. We don't often consider the pain we might cause. And I started to think about that bronze serpent smashed by Hezekiah that had been held up as something glorious by Moses. We can't always depend on ourselves to know 
what is going to cause others pain. That is true of all of us. Each of our lives holds memories good and bad. Each of us knows that a certain phrase, date on a calendar, or an action can bring up those difficult memories. The care that we take is to not intentionally become that stumbling block to others. That if we find out we are causing someone else hurt, it is our job to change. Because our responsibility is to love. Our responsibility is to care for others. Luckily, discourse will always allow us to grow. It doesn't mean that we fear doing anything out of what it might do, but we recognize that sometimes there is a time and a place to speak up and a time and a place to listen. Too often we think it is our time to speak when it is actually our time to listen. And that applies to how we treat God as well. Sometimes we are so busy talking to God, we aren't listening. We aren't hearing how he may need us to change. That maybe we need to be the Hezekiah to help break someone else's cycle of hurt. So my message today is this. Some things change and not everything that was once good is good now. Times change. Not everything that was once helpful is helpful now. Because times change. But we learn from dialogue. We learn by seeking understanding and gaining wisdom. We search for God's help to help each other grow. We ask God to help us understand each other. That we can help each other grow in our love of God and in serving God. That we can grow in our care for each other by recognizing those changes that we can learn to be a little more merciful and a little more graceful, taking other people's struggles into account, because they are important. If we want to be like Christ, we need to love like Christ. We need to understand the difference between the things that don't bother us and understanding how actions can harm others. That if our words hurt, we learn to change our words. If our actions hurt someone, we learn how to change our actions. All so that we can be more loving and more caring. So that we can find ways to help each other grow so that we are united in God's mission to love each other. That we are in this together and must love together. Let us not cling to the bronze serpents of the past, but let us build a new tomorrow full of compassion and faith and hope one full of God's mercy and God's love, that we do not cause each other to stumble but lift each other up, that we be united in serving Christ, that we be united in living a life that reflects his love and his compassion as we help each other grow, that we understand that times change and that we listen and we speak and we care just as Christ cares for us today. Amen.